ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender identity, the legal defense team for Jerry Judy, welcome in to the Doer Dynasty podcast. The last time we spoke with you was the night before the NFL draft, and uh, boy, did a lot happen. Um, as expected, the draft was as much fun as as uh, you know as it as it ever has been. Um, truly, Christmas time for fantasy football players and dynasty fantasy football players, especially as we finally got one of the most important questions answered: Where did all the rookies land? Um, and we got a great show for you today. Uh, Post draft, we uh, got some news to talk about. And the main event, we're going to be running a little uh, Dynasty uh, rookie mock draft of our own to see what we would do in these situations, talk about some of the players, talk about some of these picks. Uh, I'm here, um, as I always am, with my co-host, Nick Surratt, Brady Mellinger. Boys, how are we feeling? Feeling good, Andrew. Uh, ready to get some of these picks, ready to do uh, some of my own rookie drafts. Haven't gotten my hands on any of these youngsters yet. Pause. But... uh looking forward to getting started i don't know i don't know how i'm gonna follow that up uh andrew described this time of the year as christmas uh which i usually associate with happy times well i got news for you andrew some fan bases are happy and some are not uh if you're the eagles (laughs) yeah it's christmas but if you're the steelers fans out there uh it might not be christmas depending on who you are boo we starting off with some some kenny slander Uh, i did not say anything bad about kenny uh, I'm just saying, you know, some people might have done some things a little differently. That's just what I'm hearing on the streets. It's like, you know, not everyone's ha- <laughs> Steelers fans might, might not be happy. Couldn't be our first round pick, the most important pick. Couldn't couldn't be that. Never. At least he eats more than chicken tenders. I, uh, yeah, that's very true. That's Sam Howell report is just really strange, you know, just only yeah, chicken and anything else. Can't, can't imagine. That's crusty vibes. <laughs> Um, I personally had, uh, I've had one rookie mock draft to start out. It was a lot of fun. Uh, came away with a couple, couple guys I really liked, really liked the way the draft board fell. Um, made some moves, ended up with, uh, Gus Edwards in exchange for a third round pick. Um, and been adding rookies, adding rookies since the draft as well. And very excited to talk about this group. Um, you know, this group has not gotten... Uh, a ton of love. There's been talks of it being a very shallow draft class, um, but I think value to be found um, all the way down the board. Um, but let's start off getting into some news. We'll start with draft night, uh, right where we left off, because we had some massive trades on draft night. Uh, the first being the Eagles swapping the 18th pick in the draft, and I think some later pick for AJ Brown, formerly of the Tennessee Titans. Um, and just an absolute young stud that is now out there competing for targets with Devonta Smith and uh, getting the ball from Jalen Hurts. Super excited for everyone except for A.J. Brown, to be honest. I think this is going to help the Eagles' offense a lot. I think it's going to be much more balanced this year. They actually have some weapons, some targets to try and air things out. I am especially excited for my boy Jalen Hurts. Um not that I think he's going to go God mode, but adding A.J. Brown definitely helps. I mean, if you watched the Eagles offense at all last year, uh, Nick Sirianni seemed like he didn't like running the ball, at least for the first 12 games of the year. So if they're going to throw the ball 60 times a game, yeah, I love this for A.J. Brown. Uh, if Sirianni changes his mind that he, now that he has one of the best receivers in the league and wants to come out and run the ball uh, 30 times a game next year, 
uh, yeah, then maybe it's not so great for AJ Brown. So, you know, Sirianni's probably going to do Sirianni things. Uh, but I love this for AJ Brown because listen, Jalen hurts. I think he's a competent NFL quarterback. I think some people aren't giving him enough credit, but if he doesn't get the job done, Eagles added another first round pick for next year to go get a young stud quarterback. Apparently next year's quarterback is supposed to be better than this year's only time will tell. So I love this for AJ Brown ceiling might not be as high, uh, but definitely on a more well-rounded talented offense. Yeah, I think um, I think slight downgrade for AJ Brown, but you expect the talent to take over and him to be fine. Um, Nick, I agree with what you said. Huge upgrade for Jalen Hurts, uh, and AJ Brown's going to be playing about twenty minutes for me, so I might have to go down to the stadium and see him this year. I'm I'm excited for the Eagles' offense. Uh, another wide receiver on the move draft night was uh, Marquise Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown, uh, who really kind of had his first solid. Uh, you know, breakout season last year with the Ravens and now gets to go play with Kyler Murray. Uh, Marquise Brown is a speed guy and Kyler Murray likes to throw the ball deep. Could be very fun to watch. Should be very fun to watch. I mean, they were teammates in college and that connection got them both drafted pretty damn high. So yeah, I think this is going to be exciting to watch. I think it's going to be a pretty good pair. I think it kind of comes down to Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, this is prove it time. It doesn't help that DeAndre Hopkins uh, won't be there in getting a year, but it definitely helps Marquise Brown. He's going to be relied on heavily. And thank God they made this move so that Kyler had somebody to throw to come come week one because A.J. Green is not it. Not anymore, at least. Yeah, I think they made this move anticipating the suspension of DeAndre Hopkins You know, coming at some point before the season. Uh, good on the Cardinals to get out ahead of that. Uh, and to get uh, Marquise Brown, obviously for the first, you know, however many games DeAndre suspended, I believe it's six games. That's going to be great for him. Uh, and, you know, with his chemistry with Kyler Murray, he should put up some big numbers. I'm not sure how I feel about it once DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Um, it seems like Kyler loves to find DeAndre for the big play. Uh, so I don't know how much he's going to be doing that with Marquise. DeAndre is also a bigger target. He's easier to find in those scramble situations that Kyler seems to find himself in a lot. Um, but I do, I do think that they're going to scheme some things up uh, for Marquise Brown now that he's down there. I would like to add a little bit here at the end to say huge downgrade for Rondale Moore because he is a slightly smaller uh, version yeah. of Marquise with not as much of a catch radius. So Rondale Moore... Um, Sorry about it. Yeah, for the uh, for the Rondale Moore truthers out there, um, this was probably not the best news to see. You know, he was already, you know, used a little sparingly last year, but he was a rookie. You know, you can excuse it. Um, but, you know, this certainly does not bode well for his position in the pecking order there. And so sort of like the, the you know, the outer effects of this trade, uh, you guys brought up DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins uh, suspended for six games for PED usage. You know, that certainly isn't the best for, for Kyler, for anyone. Uh, certainly not the best for DeAndre Hopkins, for DeAndre Hopkins' fantasy managers, you know, because he's already north of 30. And, um, you know, wide receivers, while they do last longer, the running backs don't last forever. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I think a great landing spot for Marquise Brown. Brady, you mentioned those scramble situations. That almost seemed to me to be where he thrived last year. It seems like Lamar would kind of get out of the pocket um, yeah, scramble around a bit, and Hollywood Brown would just be standing there. I I swear I watched that happen a few times. Um, 
As, but, as soon as the safety's got to take their eyes off of Marquise Brown over mm-hmm. top and start looking at Kyler or Lamar Jackson, that's when he uses his speed, just gets behind them. And I think Kyler's going to be much more capable of heaving them balls down yonder to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the other uh, kind of collateral uh, impact of this trade uh, Rashad Bateman is wide receiver one in Baltimore now. Big ups. Rejoice. I love it. I think Rashad Bateman is in a great position here. Um, dynasty value is interesting. Um, I have I have Rashad Bateman in one of my leagues. Certainly had quite a few offers for him come in. Haven't moved him because um, I just haven't had anything that that has wowed me. Um, and I think that's really what I would be looking for in a situation like this, where uh, you know, in a situation where you have a young guy believed in the talent, late first or early second pick in your rookie dynasty drafts and now he's coming into a place where you know not you know one of the lower volume pass offenses in the league might be the overall number two target behind mark andrews but um still a huge opportunity for uh, a very talented young receiver which i think is exciting yeah i like what you said andrew um i think rashad bateman's poised to have a good year it's going to be a good offense, should be much better now that they're going to have some actual starters back in the run game. They can really play the way they want to this year. Uh, I don't think losing Marquise Browns could be that huge of a hit this year. I think Rashad Bateman pretty much steps in that role, and I'm excited for him. Yeah, um, Nick, what, do you, what would you say is the – you wouldn't trade Rashad Bateman for less than a first, correct? Personally, no. No, I'm not leaving without probably – a mid to early first, like a 205 up or a 105 up. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. So moving on from, from that trade, uh, we had some free agent signings post-draft. Uh, Sony Michelle joins the Dolphins, just crowding that backfield a little bit more, uh, looking like just avoids all over. Um, I I think Sony Michelle is the best pure runner in that backfield, though. Listen, I it's don't want I don't want to hear about pure runners from Andrew Horn. I mean, this guy said that <laughs> Leonard Fournette was not a pure runner. So when I hear pure runner, I just start to shake my head, you know. Stand by. But yeah, I just think it's looks. super. I think it's super crowded. I mean, you got Mostert, you got Sony, you got Chase Edmonds, you got Gaskin. I guess uh, they think they signed Philip Lindsay dead. too. Like it's it's very very crowded and. I mean, Sony did pretty well when he was on the Rams last year and filled in for Daryl Henderson. Um, but I just, I don't know. If you go out and get all those free agents, it's tough for me to say rather have, like, it's tough for me to say I'd rather have one over the other. Yeah, this is a pretty much stay away situation for me. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a shame because I'm, I actually like Chase Edmonds, uh, Sony Michelle, whatever, Raheem Mostert rooting for the guy with all the injuries but uh yeah it's just I, I don't want to take guesses here if you have them I'm riding them out and if I don't I'm staying far far away I personally for what it's worth I think Sony Michelle would be my guy in this backfield in half PPR maybe divert to Chase Edmonds in full PPR I what makes sense to me here is that Sony would handle the majority of the carries on first and second down and Edmonds would be the receiving back on third down and, but then you what know, do you do with Mostert? Uh, leave him on IR. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's probably going to end up there. He is protect the man. Most hurt. 
No, uh, yeah, like yeah. most of it will get his work in, and I think he could take a little bit from both. I think he could take some pass catching work from Edmonds uh, and some some uh, rushing work away from Sony. But it, I I don't know. I like I guess I like Sony's chances to be the goal line guy to be getting maybe twelve carries a game. Um, Fair enough. I I feel like Raheem Mostert's one of those guys though that can kind of carve out a big big chunk of fantasy points with uh very few touches yeah speed kills and my man has uh all of it he has it and got speed and spades um and for what it's worth uh you know new head coach mike mike mcdaniel is his name mike mcdaniel yes yeah is uh you know was uh with the 49ers so knows Mostert, uh knows his his play style and you know you assume that's part of the reason why Mostert's there now um Another running back on the move, Mike Davis to the Ravens. This seems purely insurance. Yeah. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Um, Jarrett Stidham to the Raiders. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Literally not mentionable. Are we going to talk about Nathan Peterman getting signed too, Andrew? Yeah, yeah. Can we can we clap it up for Nathan Peterman real quick, fellas? Did, Come on now. Yeah, Did he get signed? For the boy. Oh, I'll give it up for that. Did yes, Nathan sir. Peterman get signed? I missed that. He's in Chi-Town. Oh. So Nathan Peterman taking over for Justin Fields. The Bears. The other big news, this one just broke today, just happened today. Um, Jerry Judy was arrested today. Uh, you know, we don't have a ton of information on it. It was... Um, <laughs> I just okay realized that I just realized that you put on the Google Doc everyone's team that they went to, and then Jerry Judy, you just put in jail. I mean, New it was squad. a misdemeanor. I don't think he's like destined for jail. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so either. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you, he ain't gonna be in jail as long as uh, his bo- other boy from Alabama. Oh yeah, Lord, that's Jesus true. Christ! Um, I mean, that wide receiver draft class is looking rough. At least we know Jerry already looks good in orange. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Wow. Um, so we're hey, piling on here. Henry. <laughs> we're piling on here, but um, Jerry Judy arrested on a second-degree misdemeanor charge. Uh, there was, I believe, a weapon involved, which could bode poorly for, you know, how, how the punishment is divvied out in this situation. Um, basically, we don't have enough details right now. You know, if you were to be punished in some way or go to jail even you know he might be out before the season starts not that it's a good thing but you know minor stock down bump for jerry judy here um and uh yeah that's yeah i think we said big ups for big ups for Cortland sutton though and when you said that there was a weapon involved andrew were you talking about jerry himself being a weapon or uh some other object involved in the case tell you what when jerry proves he can be a weapon then i'll call him the weapon you <laughs> but i think that's uh i think that's all the news that we have to get through today um we'll keep you updated if anything breaks while we're recording so let's move on to the first ever on the show um do or dynasty uh rookie mock draft uh could possibly be before you know before your dynasty drafts and hopefully we can offer you some insight on these players where they landed it's really just going to give us an opportunity to talk about some of the top rookies from this year. So we're going to run through two rounds as best we can and, uh, and get this thing going. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't believe that we are able and willing to do a rookie mock draft. 
with with all the weapons that are on are coming out of this class. Um, you know, an audio strictly audio medium is great for mock drafts because uh, the fans can really see what's going on. Um, but it's really just a springboard for us to talk about uh, the rookie class and where we think people are going to fall, and you know, kind of who we value um, more than others. Yeah, and we'll recap things every few picks or so, just so we can keep keep everyone updated on who's off the board. Um, but without further ado, uh, Nick, you got the first round pick, or you got the first overall pick, and I think this one is pretty much penciled in across dynasty draft boards this season. Yeah, this one's chalk for me. It's it's Brees Hall, New York Jets. I'm I'm so excited about this guy. He, this, so this is a guy. <laughs> <laughs> now here's a guy. <laughs> So this is a guy, I mean, Brees Hall can do a little bit of everything. I mean, he's shown great hands, probably can improve as a pass blocker a little bit to keep him in on third downs. And I'm not going to act like Michael Carter might not take a little bit of that pass catching down work either. Um, but I I don't care about the landing spot. Brees Hall's a talent uh, and I want him on my team. feel really good about him here. He's a hyper producer in college and I think he's going to be really really good in the nfl so bring them nick you pretty much made the whole case there very excited for Brees hall um just not not many holes as a prospect uh really exciting athleticism he has some nasty jukes and and some moves disgusting um, and you know you brought up michael carter and i also i'm like you know michael carter is going to be on the field occasionally but i am not worried about him standing in between Brees and becoming a bell cow um, no, nope. and you know, I, I will say I really, I like the landing spot in that, you know, the jets have done some work to, to rebuild their offensive line. Um, in recent years, you know, Mackay Becton, if he can stay healthy, Elijah Vera Tucker on the interior, I think it's a really, you know, just a, a really good situation. I believe, which is weird to say, but I believe in the franchise, I think like Joe it was Douglas a decent draft moves is, yeah, they, they had a good draft. They Garrett Wilson too. They picked up. Um, I, and, uh, sauce Gardner as well, which, you know, not huge for fantasy purposes, but also a very exciting player. I, I believe in, in Robert Sala and the moves that they've been making. And I believe in Brees Hall. I'm going to need a poster, need like a, a campaign poster. I believe in Brees Hall. Um, <laughs> second pick in the draft. I'm going to be taking that one. Um, with the second pick. Drake London, wide receiver, drafted to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, The first wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft. First wide receiver off the board here in this mock. Um, A pretty chalk pick at this point as well, I think. Uh, You know, Kenneth Walker um, is the other guy that is, is I think, most commonly off the board here. But um, Drake London, I think, is the consensus kind of top receiver in this class now. Drake London is very large. Um, Drake London is very athletic. He was a two-sport recruit coming out of high school. Um, Drake London is very young. He's 20 years old and Drake London was putting up big numbers while he was playing with legit established NFL talent. Now he was on the, the USC team with, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Wide receiver for the Colts and, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, for the lions. And both of those players have, um, you know, performed and even amongst them, Drake London looked great. Drake London was able to, uh, you know, earn his targets and you know with his size with his ability um true alpha number one receiver profile um you know marcus Mariota isn't the greatest quarterback in the world but he's also not the future and this is dynasty i i love drake london the prospect 
uh, and and I love I love just I love the landing spot. I it's it's good. It's just all good in Drake London world. Drake London first wide receiver off the board in the second pick. I love Drake London. Um, I was ecstatic when the Falcons took him. I I know NFL wise. He wasn't, it definitely wasn't chalk that he was the favorite to go first. I actually mm-hmm. would say Garrett Wilson was overwhelmingly the favorite to go first. Um, Probably, yeah. But he was, Drake London was by far my favorite wide receiver pre-draft, and him going to the Falcons definitely helps out. You said Marcus Mariota, obviously not a great quarterback situation, but the Falcons are going to suck um, uh, all the balls this year, so... There's a pretty good chance they have a really high draft pick, and if not, maybe Desmond Ritter's the answer. Even if not, um, I think Arthur Smith has made it pretty clear he's going to keep it simple. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of RPOs, a lot of close line of scrimmage plays, and just get the ball in your playmaker's hands types of, types of offense going on. If you know me, especially you, Nate, uh, you know that I love Desmond Ritter, and I'm I'm very excited to see what Desmond Ritter does. Um you know, he'll probably have either the majority of the season or the whole season uh, to learn from someone who is a former uh, NFL starter um, for a lot of years. And, you know, what Mariota maybe lacked in success, I'm sure he has a little bit more knowledge um, and can just offer the, the rookie some tips and tricks and, you know, help him help him develop as a young QB. And I think Ritter, you know, if if – Given the right situation and, and the right offensive line, which Atlanta's offensive line is not great, I think he could be a, a solid NFL quarterback. And, you know, that is someone that I think can get Drake, Drake London the ball. Um, we can talk about Desmond Ritter more later uh, in the in the mock draft uh, when he comes up. Um, but just know that I'm, a, I'm an early favorite or, or I'm an early fan, I should say, uh, of Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I will say I don't want to go too much against – against that and uh Nick's you know new QB2 rookie QB I'm not the biggest Desmond Ritter fan I think his accuracy is a little suspect um but he's he's an athletic guy um and I will say the other thing about the landing spot for Drake London is there is no competition for targets there is Kyle Pitts and that is it but um and you know maybe Cordero Patterson gets a shout here but um, and they're going to be you know, down in a lot of games this year, fellas. A that, lot. That yeah, and that. Um, but um, you know, um, Nick, you brought up the um, the Falcons' uh, play calling. Arthur Smith saying, you know, plays close to the line, get the ball in the playmaker's hands. And Drake London did a fair amount of that uh, at USC. You know, he's a really good yak receiver. Yep. Um, despite you know, you think the big guys just you know jump ball and and fall down, but. Drake London, very good yak receiver, much like Michael Pittman was coming out of the same school. Um, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to pick Drake London at two. Brady with the third pick. Oh, sorry. Also, to clarify the rules of this mock draft, we are drafting this uh, in half PPR super flex format. Um, so, you know, in, in other in other draft formats, we would not be getting to Desmond Ritter on um, you know in these first two rounds most likely, but um, super flex. We, we absolutely should. So Brady with the third pick. Yeah, at the third pick, Andrew talked about him a little bit. I'm going with Kenneth Walker. Uh, this draft, or these rookie, or I should say this rookie class, a little deeper at receiver, uh, a little better chance of 
I'm getting a, a good talent later in the rounds. Not so much at running back. If you were in the top three picks, your team was probably pretty pretty ass last year, and you should probably <laughs> add some talents. Tell it like it is. <laughs> um, so Kenneth Walker uh, is going to be your answer if you're looking for a running back either at pick two or pick three. Um, the reason I like Kenneth Walker here, um, Seattle, Pete Carroll, that whole organization – very much loves uh, run-first offense, um, and I think that they don't believe in Chris Carson's health, and that's why they drafted Kenneth Walker. Um, he did some great things at Michigan State last year, and I think he's going to compete for carries with uh, Rashad Penny, which blows my mind to say, but Pete Carroll seems to love something about Rashad Penny. Um, kind of seems more of like a, a first-round bust to me, um, but I think Kenneth Walker is going to, Gonna get his fair share of touches. Um, whether he's successful with those, you know, I guess we'll have to see. Depending on what offensive lines in front of him and who's handing the ball off to him. Uh, but Drew Locke, Drew Locke, I think you know might not be able to throw the ball downfield, but he can certainly hand it off to Kenneth Walker. That's true. Uh, yeah, I mean they're gonna have to establish the run. the The passing game's going to suffer. If it suffered with Russell Wilson, I don't even want to imagine this uh, offense with Drew Locke under center. Uh, and Pete Carroll loves to establish it, so that's what they're going to do. I think even if he doesn't usurp uh, Rashad Penny right away, there's a really good chance that he's getting touches and getting enough time to uh, be productive early. Not saying he's going to smash out the gate because I, I don't think that's the case, but I think he's going to be involved. They're going to. They went and got him. They went and got him. They had no reason to pick a running back here. There's so many holes on this team, especially on defense, and they went and got Kenneth Walker. I mean, he was a monster in college uh, at least this past year, and (laughs) there's a lot to like. The the pass catching is definitely suspect. Uh, Pete Carroll's already kind of called out his lack of pass blocking uh, ability and it has definitely said he needs to improve there, so that's going to hold him back. I personally am not taking him in the top three, um, but I, I do think it's it's a great talent that, you know, you'd probably be happy to add to your roster. And this is some reckless speculation, uh, but as someone who's kind of observed the offseason moves and kind of waited to see where some of these quarterbacks will fall, um, I have a, a – str- a strong amount of cash on Baker Mayfield being the Seattle Seahawks quarterback uh, at the start of the season. <laughs> um, hi, Nick. Good to see you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have a lot of cash on Baker Mayfield being the starter qu- starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks uh, come the start of this regular season. And I think with him, they're going to want to establish the run so they can use Baker in play action and get him moving out of the pocket, just like they did with Russell Wilson. Um, so in, in, or, in order to unlock, I think, some of Baker's ability in the play action passing game, uh, obviously you're going to have to establish the run first, making me much more of a fan of Kenneth Walker uh, than maybe some of the other receivers at this position. <clears throat> yeah, so um, uh, Nick, I think I lean more with you here that I'm – probably not taking him in the top three. Um, you mentioned the pass catching, you know, there was not much of it at Michigan state. Uh, you know, the, the college production profile is look, you can't deny what he did last year. He was phenomenal this past season, but only one season of, of like real true elite production. Um, 
and not to hold that against him too much, I think Kenneth Walker is a, a very talented runner. Um, Profile-wise, reminds me a little bit of Nick Chubb. The comparison has been made many times in that, you know, Nick Chubb kind of does that where he is, is a great runner, one of the best runners in the league. Um, I know you guys doubt my ability to evaluate pure runners or whatever, but that's, <laughs> that's got to be the truth. I know you guys are with me on that one. Yeah. It, It'll be it'll be interesting to see what his role in this offense looks like if he gets usage. Uh, you know, quarterback situation isn't great, but it is an offense that loves to run the ball, um, and certainly not the worst landing spot we could have had for Kenneth Walker. Agreed. I mean, real quick on Kenneth Walker, just to close. Um, Rash- this is dynasty, and Rashad Penny's on a one-year deal. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, often injured. Like if if he's not in there this year, he will be next year. There is no way that they are dumb enough to come back and take a second round running back next year and try and no. he he will be their starter eventually as long as he produces. And to their credit, they did take an offensive tackle at nine in Charles Cross, who I think will be very good. So yeah, got at least one piece on that offensive line of some value. Nick, top two running backs off the board, top receiver off the board. This is where things start to get interesting. Where are you going at four? This is where it gets interesting. Um, luckily, I have the 104, so I've thought about this pick a lot and uh, the multitude of combinations that could be available for me. Um, I'm going Trey Burks here. I'm going Traylon. Uh, I think he was everyone's darling, uh, at least pre-combine. Everybody on Twitter was talking about him. Everyone was mentioning Traylon Burks. He was a beast last year, um, and then things kind of cooled off when he ran a four-five-five, which, by the way, really isn't slow. <laughs> no, <laughs> really not. is not a slow time. Uh, I'm not worried about him at all. I think this was a very good landing spot. I think he's going to get leaned on right away, uh, but at the same time, it's not going to be a ton of pressure. Like he's not going to a Drake London situation. I guess it's similar in a sense. Robert Woods is there, um, but r- really, you're going to the Titans, and if you're a pass catcher, you're excited that you are on the other. You're on the same side of the ball as Derrick Henry. Uh, it just makes everything easier for the offense, and I really like how they're projected to use him, uh, kind of in that AJ Brown role now that he's gone. Yeah, um, maybe you know, maybe some pressure there. Um, they essentially, you know, traded traded their their pick. Traded A.J. Brown for Traylon Burks and, you know, whatever, a third-round pick or whatever else they got. Um, but I'm I'm with you here, Nick. This would be my pick as well. I I love Traylon Burks, the player. I think, you know, I think he's a stud. Um, he's got that size. He His his football speed's incredible. Like it You is. watch him out on the field, he looks he looks great. You have no concerns about him, him running with pads on. Everyone, everyone knows that play uh, against Alabama, if you've watched any of his highlights. Everyone mm-hmm. knows that play where he just blow, catches an out and then blows mm-hmm. by three Alabama quarterbacks and takes it to the house. It's yeah. ridiculous. And he's he's got that he's got that kind of profile like he's got that he's got that ability to be to make those big game breaking plays and that's what really excites me about Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks, I think a very impressive contested catch guy as well. Um the question I think here with him is his ability to separate and also the fact that uh, a majority of his snaps in college came out of the slot or at least quite a few of them. I don't know the exact statistic on that, but he yeah. he was playing out of the slot uh quite a lot last year. Um, but 
I personally, I'm I'm a believer in the talent. I think you know, I don't think he's as good as AJ Brown necessarily, but I think he can take over as the number one for this team. And if they you know find creative ways to get him involved, he's another guy who was you know a lot of manufactured touches. And if they can find ways to get him involved, which they should, they have to. Uh, that he's a really good chance of being very successful on the Titans. Moving on to the 105, I am back on the board. This is tough for me because there are two receivers that I'm very heavily considering at this spot. And I'm going to take Garrett Wilson here. Garrett Wilson, I think, is the safest player uh, at the wide receiver position in this draft. Um, he has you know, proven college production on on elite teams. You know, he was Ohio state's number one receiver this year, despite the fact that Chris Olave was there, despite the fact uh, that Jamison Williams was there two years ago. Um, you know, he, he has proven himself to be able to be the guy, um, you know, Garrett Wilson's incredibly athletic. The body controls insane. He's not, he's not the smoothest route runner. Um, there's, there's a lot of hitches in his routes and, and, you know, he catches the ball a lot and, and stumbles like he's trying to move too fast. Um, but, uh, you know, overall, you know, he can pretty much do it all. He had a great combine, really stood out at the combine. He's fast. He's got great hands, you know, landing spot wise. He's going to have some competition for targets. Elijah Moore is there. Um, you know, Brees Hall will catch the football. They just drafted Jeremy Ruckert, uh, tight end possible, uh, sleeper guy. Um, but you know, Garrett Wilson really, I think has the ability to step in and, uh, and just be the number one guy. And, Look, with rookie drafts, potential's amazing. It's so much fun to think about the possibility that your guy is, you know, the next Jamar Chase or whoever. Um, and I don't quite know that Garrett Wilson has that ceiling, but it's also very important not to miss with your top picks. You get these picks, you make them count. And even if Garrett Wilson ends up, his ceiling ends up being wide receiver 14, I'm very comfortable with that at this pick. Yeah, I think, I think Wilson is definitely the pick here. You know, out of... <clears throat> out of the top three, you know, you basically have, if you're at five, you can take anybody that falls to you. Um, whether it's, you know, Walker at running back, or if you have London Wilson or Traylon Burks. So if you're at five, you're probably in the best draft spot uh, in terms of rookie drafts this year. Um, I would really just echo everything that, that Andrew said. Uh, the dude is a playmaker and playmakers make plays. Yeah. I think the, the thing that excites me about Garrett Wilson is like he he still just seems so raw to me. I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for the route running to become even more polished. Uh he's got disgusting acceleration and speed. Um and he is spectacular in the air. I mean, his body control is unreal. This kind of comes down to belief in the Jets and it's hard. Um and you you mentioned the Elijah Moore thing, Andrew. Um I just want to say I'm I'm not scared of competition for targets at all with Garrett Wilson just because I mean look where he came from he came from Ohio State where they had Jackson Smith and Jigba Chris Olave mm-hmm. uh, Jamison Williams before this year I mean uh, and he's been a producer since day one uh, he's uber talented and he, he's going to be a really good pro um, Jackson Smith and Jigba another another name to mention there um, but we'll, we'll talk about him. Uh, at another point when we start talking uh, people to look for next year. Um, Brady, the pick is to you at six. Yeah, here at six, uh, here at six, I would say that you can pretty much choose between uh, two receivers. And the the receiver I'm going to choose here is Chris Olave. Uh, 
you know, went to Ohio State, obviously, and, you know, played with Garrett Wilson. Um, also, just like another playmaker. I remember watching him, you know, his, you know, in his previous years to even before last year, uh, the dude made some plays in some big time games and everyone was really excited about what he was going to be uh, whenever he came out for the NFL draft. Uh, he falls to the New Orleans Saints who need some help at receiver. Um, they're getting Michael Thomas back this year. Um, but beyond that, uh, it was really just a mixture of a really okay average talent. Uh, so adding Chris Olave was, was important for the Saints. And I think that's good for Chris Olave as well. You know, he's got Jimmy Winston thrown on the ball. I think that's all right. Yeah. You know, Jimmy Winston can get him the rock. Uh, Jimmy Winston, unfortunately, tore his ACL uh, some, at some point last year. And, you know, he'll be maybe battling a little bit of uh, of soreness and, you know, some overlap and repercussions from that. But I think he is competent enough and, and can get Chris Olave the ball enough uh, that Olave is going to be valuable in fantasy. And plus, obviously – being dynasty, Jameis is not going to be the quarterback there forever. Um, I think the Saints are going to look to add a quarterback here very, very soon, uh, and that will be Chris Olave's. Um, I don't know what the right term would be here because you know he's the pass catcher, but he's going to have someone else getting him the ball in the next few years. I would assume. You guys seen the uh, the off season workout videos from Jameis Winston? All yes, all that's what I was going to say. I got, them, <laughs> I got them on notifications. <laughs> Bro, I love Jameis Winston. He's the best. Um, just a straight comedian. Um, and also, like, really excited to watch play football. You take the good with the bad with Jameis Winston. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, he has supported some massive fantasy options in the past. You know, oh, he yeah. was Mike Evans' quarterback. He was Chris Godwin's quarterback the year that he finished as wide receiver two or three. Um, he, can, he can support fantasy options. And in terms of pass catchers for the Saints right now, it's Michael Thomas one and... Alvin Kamara is second. Um, so a lot of opportunity there in the landing spot for Alave. Definitely. Um, just real quick, I I really like Alave. He's not someone I actually loved uh, early on in the process, but really, really came to admire his tape. The route running's off the charts. It's crispy. Um, he cooks defenders, just absolutely snaps them off. Uh, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. He's got a ton of speed, too. Another one of these Ohio State guys that can just blow by you. And I think he's going to dust some people this year. I think Jameis is going to air it out a little more, and I I love this landing spot for him. Yeah, you know, he's almost like um, not quite the opposite of Garrett Wilson, but like where Garrett Wilson lacks a little bit is where Chris Olave is the strongest. His route running is just just so smooth. Oh, yeah. So smooth. Um, And then, uh, Nick, I believe the pick is back to you at seven. So this would have been probably my pick at six. I, I'd be very happy to get this guy here. Uh, I'm going Jamo. I'm going Jameson Williams. Uh, he's a dog. <laughs> he's a dog. I, this is a guy. If if he didn't tear his ACL, this is the cliche th- cliche thing to say. He could be going 101, 102 right now. I mean, he th- that's the type of year he had in college. Um, I'm not overly suspect of the lack of playing time on Ohio State. Um, obviously, that's why he left and proved in the SEC on Alabama that he was yeah, the was best insane. wide receiver in the country this year. Um, I think you can really make that argument, uh, but shout out Jordan Addison, you know, H2P, what a good. H2P. Um, 
he's a beast. The speed is off the charts. Um, he's going to toast people. I'm not overly excited for him this year. Um, this is more of a talent pick and projection for me. Uh, don't really think this offense slash Jared Goff is going to throw a whole lot of great deep balls and big plays, but he's got the type of speed that he can take a slant to the house. So I'm not all that worried. Jameson Williams to the moon. Uh, I love him at seven. The ACL injury obviously was is a major concern. I think he can get right and come back from this um, if given the proper time. Another thing, I'll, I'll advocate for Jared Goff here a little bit. The dude led some game-winning drives toward the end of the season last year, and he had a little moxie going. So, you know, careful with the careful with the uh, Jared Goff slander around here, okay? He, uh, he is <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. No, but I I think the point is safe that Jared Goff is um not exactly a franchise quarterback and uh you his, know the his Lions, paycheck says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> they um the Lions definitely had a chance uh to take a quarterback this year. They had they had the one oh one. Um or sorry, no, they had one oh two. Um and then I mean they gave up significant draft capital to move up to 12 to take Jamison Williams. So, you know, you can tell they believe in him. Um, yeah, Jamison Williams did, uh, you know, he had, you know, he transferred from Ohio state and, you know, was like, Oh, you know, playing behind all those great receivers. Like why couldn't he get touches? But when you transfer to Alabama, which is, you know, the premier football school in the country and produce like he did, you can't question the talent. And Jameson Williams is an incredible talent. His his ability to change speeds downfield is just insane. Like if he ever gets in a situation where it's you know one on one in the secondary, one on two in the secondary, just just get a quarterback who can throw him the ball because he will win. Um, Jameson Williams, I think, is a, a very special player. And I, I, honestly, he was the guy that I was thinking about at five. He was the guy that other guy that I was between at five, and I went with the safer pick in Wilson but wouldn't hate Will, uh, Jameson Williams there either. Completely agreed. Um, just last thing, just to beat this horse to death. If you're the type of person that's scared of Jameson Williams because he had to leave Ohio State to get targets or playing time, you're a dummy. You're a big, fat dummy. <laughs> Nobody said this shit about Joe Burrow when he won the national championship. And look at my man. He's hooping. Jameson Williams is a baller. We go for talent. All the other shit doesn't matter. Who knows? Maybe the coaching. Maybe he slept with the coach's his his daughter or something. I don't know. What? Could be a lot of things, dog. There's there's <laughs> a lot of reasons he couldn't get on the field. Who knows? But he's a dog. Go draft him. Love it. Uh, and then back to me at um, eight. What is this eight? Uh, and this one, there's I think a couple names in consideration. Um, so. This is, uh, I will say, this is also where I think there's a tier break in this first round. I think there's a couple tiers. I think uh, tier one is Brees Hall and Brees Hall alone. Um, tier two, I think, you know, I I like Drake London. He's my, my favorite receiver on this board. But I, like, more or less, I think, everyone we just picked, you know, Kenneth Walker, London, Wilson, Burks, Olave, bless you. Bless. Um, are all relatively similar i guess like uh they not like you know there's gonna be disparity we're gonna find out over time who the best players in this class are but in terms of like projecting straight talent right now this is where i see a little bit of a tear break i think you know everyone from two to seven could make a case for being drafted at two 
Um, that being said, you got a couple names in consideration. You got Jahan Dotson, who was the first round draft capital, was drafted in the top 15, I believe, by the Washington football team. Uh, you got Christian Watson, uh, who now has a very real chance to, to be Aaron Rodgers' number one guy. Um, but I'm going to take Sky Moore here. I'm going to take Sky Moore. Yeah. Wide receiver out of Western Michigan who uh, – he's got a pretty decent guy throwing him the ball, doesn't he? This is pretty okay. Who's his quarterback again? The half a billion dollar man. Oh, my God. It's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. He is – he is, you know, along with Christian Watson getting the ball from Aaron Rodgers, best landing spots of the draft for a wide receiver. Um, Skymore fell a little bit farther in the draft than I thought he would. Uh, he was a day two pick. I thought he would be a day two pick, but he fell a little bit farther than I thought he would. But that doesn't concern me. You watch the tape. Skymore can get open. Skymore knows how to get open. Um, profiles, I think, a little bit as a slot receiver. He's not the biggest guy. Uh, but I, I love what Skymore brings to the table. He's, he's athletic. He's fast. He's a great separator, uh, and you know, with just kind of Juju and Travis Kelsey there, I think he's got a ton of opportunity to be seeing, you know, the most valuable targets in the league, the ones that come from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, completely agree with everything you said. I love Sky Moore personally. I think he is in that tier that you were talking about, uh, two through seven, uh, except for for me that Drake London's also in his own tier at number two. But fair enough. Uh, I, I love Sky Moore. Obviously, the landing spot is as ideal as it gets. Uh, but there are question marks, and it's we, we can't pretend like they're not. He did go to a small school. Small school uh, guy, yeah. Didn't play against great competition. But what he did do is absolutely torch the Pittsburgh Panthers uh, when they played. And yeah, he did. You watched the film from that game? Cause oh, was, my God. Just... He he absolutely dusted them. Uh, it was yeah. it was insane. Single-handedly won them that game. And say what you want about the Pitt Panthers, but the one thing they do is play a lot They're of press secondary. coverage. A yeah. lot of press coverage, though. Um, and I think it's a pretty good telltale sign uh, of whether a receiver is going to be able to handle press coverage in the NFL. Um, Obviously, NFL defenders are much better, but uh, Sky Moore absolutely ate it alive. I think he's going to be a dog. Um, the small school thing doesn't scare me. He's an early declare, hyper producer. There's been other talent on that roster before. Uh, we we got D, my my guy D, last year. Uh, Antonio Brown. Years have passed. Or what was that? Antonio Brown went to Western Michigan, right? Central. Central, Jesus uh, Christ! Central, you know what it is, but uh, yeah, I, I think he's gonna be an absolute dog. Uh, I will agree with most of the things that Nick said there, except for the fact, or I guess he kind of mentioned it, but uh, the corners at the University of Pittsburgh last year were five uh, two and one hundred forty pounds, soaking wet. So I think I could have gotten <laughs> off their press coverage. So uh, is Sky Moore, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, he's going to go against some more uh, physical, uh, bigger-bodied uh, corners in the NFL. Nonetheless, think the dude is a weapon. Uh, and don't don't sweat the small school stuff. Um, maybe sweat it for Christian Watson, uh, 2BD. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But, uh, no, I agree with Nick here. Uh, or I guess Andrew made the pick, but Sky Moore at 8, best bet. That's okay. I, I made the more intelligent comments, Brady, so that's why you said me. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, that that ain't new. <laughs> it's arguable. <laughs> Let's just say I I set the table for you. Ain't okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, appreciate you. Allie, you keep it cordial. Thanks, uh, speaking of Christian Watson, um, Brady, the pick is to you at nine. Is that your pick? <sighs> hey, we said this is Superflex, right? Yep. This is a Superflex league. A mock draft. Give me two gloves, ball slinging, H2P. chain hanging, H2P. I don't yeah. love any of the other talent at this area. And when you start to not like the talent at receiver and running back, what do you do? You take a quarterback. And you know what? That's what the Pittsburgh Steelers did. They went and they got their quarterback. They searched the entire country. They interviewed and had dinners with every quarterback. And the one that they ended up taking was the one that was next door for five years right in their backyard. I would feel a lot worse if they didn't interview every other quarterback in this draft, but they did. They landed on their guy. Give me old Kenny two gloves at number nine, especially because he's mobile and he ain't afraid to do it, hence the fake slide. Uh, He will evade pressure, and he's going to have to with that Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line in front of him. (laughs) Look, can't overstate the value of a quarterback in a super flex league. Um, You know, you you need those starting quarterbacks. They are insanely valuable and ex- insanely expensive. I, You know, the quarterback situation was very interesting in the real NFL draft this year. did not shake out like I think anyone thought it was. Kenny Pickett was the first QB off the board. I don't think any quarterbacks were drafted in the second round. Uh, and no. Then, um, no, and then Malik Willis uh, later to the Titans and Desmond Ritter and uh, Matt Corral were also drafted in three or four. Um, the Falcons stopped the slide Kenny, they, when they got Ritter. Yeah. They, they were the second team to draft a QB. Kenny Kenny is really the only guy that you can make a case for going in the first round of the Superflex mock draft. If, you know, Malik Willis had been projected or had been drafted where he was projected, you know, in the top 10 or even in the first round, it would be a different story. And he might be 101 here. He might be 102 because of his rushing ability. But that was not the case. And you got to trust the draft capital a little bit. you got to trust Kenny. Kenny is going to get an opportunity to start. You don't draft a quarterback at 20 with the intention of him never playing. Um, I love the pick here. I love the pick for that value in a super flex league. I don't want to step on Nick's toes here, but I will say one thing I'm hesitant about. Uh, Kenny, I believe, is 23 now, uh, going to be 24 by the time the regular season starts. That's a little old for a rookie. Um but quarterbacks with the new rules and everything and how the game is evolving are able to last a bit longer, uh, extend and prolong their careers a little bit. Um, so I don't know if that's a valid concern, but it is a concern that I have uh, to be completely transparent. Um, who knows what they're going to do if he's going to start at some point this year or if they're going to let Mitch Trubisky you know, lead the team for the entire year. Um as a Steelers fan, it's a little too much uncertainty for me. Uh, but as as a dynasty fantasy football owner, uh, I will be very comfortable with taking Kenny at the one point eight, one nine, one nine. One nine. Sorry, yeah. Um, hey, I said one point eight, and I got him at one nine. That's value, baby. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sir. Good pick. Good pick. <laughs> Good pick. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> uh, I'll be short. I love KP. 
Um, I think this is the perfect fit. I, there's weapons everywhere on this offense. Yeah, he doesn't have a great offensive line, but he's uh, he's not afraid to get through his reads fast and take off if he needs to. Not a ton of speed, but that's okay. Um, he's got enough to do his thing and you know maybe throw in a fake slide, get a little creative. You're- I think he's going to be – I think what you see is what you get with Kenny Pickett. I think he's going to be a sound decision maker. I think he's going to run the offense well. Um, And that's really all he has to do. He's got Najee Harris. He's got George Pickens. He's got Deontay Johnson. He's got Chase Claypool. What? Pat Fryermuth. What? Pat Fryermuth. Patty Muth. What? There's weapons everywhere in this offense, and if you feed them, the defense is going to play well enough to win some games. Stop it, Andrew. You did not just say Benny (laughs) Snow. (laughs) um look Brady I will say um regarding the age that you brought up um you know just purely on age not a concern of the quarterback position as you acknowledged because quarterbacks will you know play till they're 45 apparently um but the one concern there I think is that you know you look at Kenny's production profile and it's really only one year of elite level production um and that's not to say like he made a major jump this year but we all watched him play in person for a couple years, and I think we're often disappointed with what we saw. <laughs> and if you had told me before the beginning of the last college football season that Kenny Pickett would be the first quarterback off the board, I, <laughs> I would have laughed in your face. I would have walked away. I would have laughed in your face. I like, would have also laughed. But, but it, in fairness, know. the dude's battled injuries for a lot of his career in college, mm-hmm. and this was the first year he really was fully healthy for a full season. Um I mean, I don't know about you guys. There was times where Kenny almost knocked your socks off, um, but there was a lot of palm-in-face moments as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But we didn't really have that this year, and I'm taking it as a step forward, uh, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. He looked great this year, and, you know, he might not have the highest ceiling, but trust the draft capital. Love the pick here at 9. Nick, back to you at 10. So this is where it starts to get hard in – Hard and sketchy for me, but I'm going to go kind of chalk. I'm going to go Jahan Dotson. Um, look, I like the player. I think he's got a ton of talent. His He, he might be the best catcher of the football um, in this entire draft. He's he got great hands. Insane hands. He'll catch anything uh, as shown by his college production because, let me tell you, his quarterback play was abysmal uh i mean penn state literally just awful awful quarterback play and he's still got it done um he's got enough speed to win he's a solid route runner nothing to write home about yeah the size is maybe a little questionable but that's the same thing with a lot of these guys we got a lot of uh y receivers in this draft um and we're not holding against them so i'm not holding against Jahan dotson uh the one thing don't love carson once obviously uh, don't love the landing spot with Terry McLaurin there. He's obviously the alpha, but I think Jahan Dotson's got a ton of talent. And at the one ten, uh, you're just looking for a producer, and I think that's Jahan. The only downside, he went to the wrong college. Facts. Fuck Ben State. But let's not forget the Commanders did take him a little earlier than everybody expected, so they obviously love something about him. So I would agree with Nick here. Not the greatest landing spot. You got Terry. You got Curtis. You got Diami Brown, who got drafted last year, who showed some promise. Uh, but if you're going to spend a first-round pick on a receiver, uh, you're going to use him in the offense. So we'll wait and see uh, how Jahan does this year. 
Um, but that's kind of what you're getting at the 110. Yeah, you know, um, Jahan, Jahan Dotson, I will say for in defense of the landing spot, Terry McLaurin is in a contract year, um, and there is a very real possibility that the, the football team, sorry, no, the commanders, won't be able to pay him what he's worth or, you know, will choose not to. And, you know, it's possible that they view Jahan Dotson as sort of the replacement for, for Terry McLaurin. Um, he is a small guy, but, you know, so is Sky Moore. Jameson Williams isn't huge. Chris Olave is not huge. Um, it, I, I, think this is a, I think this is a good pick here. Like, you know, like I kind of brought up earlier with Garrett Wilson, sometimes you just got to make the safe pick. And Jahan Dotson, the draft capital doesn't lie. He's a, a solid player. Um, and in defense, in small defense of Carson Wentz, uh, they got better weapons here in in uh, Washington than than they had in Indy last year. Like last year, it was obviously Jonathan Taylor was there, but the fo- uh, I keep wanting to call him the football team. The Commanders uh, have a strong running back as well in Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. Uh, you know, a better receiver at this point in his career than Michael Pittman was last year. And now adding Dotson, um, that's that's more more receiving weapons than than the Colts had. Nick, that was you at ten with Dotson, and <laughs> this is not a pick that I wanted to make. Um, I'm not all that high on this guy, but I, I have to go Christian Watson here at eleven. It has to be wow. um, Christian Watson, insane athlete. His his athletic measurables are are off the charts. Like he is an incredible athlete, very explosive, very big. Uh, the the other you know the big thing with Christian Watson is he gets to play with Aaron Rodgers in a very very sparse receiver room. Um, you know he's gonna have the opportunity if he can perform to step in on day one and and be the number one guy on this team. And anytime you're the number one guy catching passes from Aaron Rodgers, that's huge. Watson, the concerns are, you know, even landing spot wise, like Aaron Rodgers only throws to guys he trusts, and quite often that's not rookies. the The biggest thing for me with Christian Watson is his is his college production. Uh, you know, as as a wise man once said, I don't know who it was, but um, not everyone who produces in college produces in the NFL, but everyone who produces in the NFL produced in college, and. Christian Watson, despite his athleticism, despite his size, despite all that, was at a small school, and his production is, let's say, good, not great. Like, he had a a good season this past year, but overall, um, I think, you know, he he didn't put up monster, like, he didn't put up unreal numbers where you're like, wow, this guy is so clearly, like, uh, like a head above his competition. He did play very well at the Senior Bowl which is special, you know, the senior bowl matters players who perform well at the senior bowl are often, you know, their, their draft capital will rise. And that's what I think one of the things we saw with Christian Watson drafting the early second, the Packers traded up to get him, but you know, overall throughout his college career, the, like the insane production that, you know, you would want someone, uh, playing at that level, playing, um, FBS ball or sorry, FCS to have, uh, wasn't quite there. Um, that's, that's my big drops too. Christian Watson has some drops for sure. Um, there's definitely question marks here. I'm not a massive fan of Christian Watson personally. Uh, the opportunity is undeniable though. And I mean, the Packers drafted him here, I think because they're hoping he's moldable. He got drafted for his 
athletic testing and senior bowl pra- like practices. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. It, the athletic testing is off the charts. He's a straight up like Calvin Johnson style freak athlete. Um, I'm not yeah. going to call him Calvin Johnson because, as I just said, I'm not a huge Christian Watson fan. Uh, but the opportunity is there for him to be an absolute stud. All right. Um, moving on to 12, Brady, it is back to you. Yeah, so sitting here at 12, uh, you can make a few decisions, go a couple different ways depending on what your team needs. Uh, personally, in terms of value and where we're at, uh, I'm going to stick with the Pittsburgh Steelers draft picks. And I'm going to go with George Pickens here at 12. Uh, Big body, 6'3". A little bit of a wiry frame, though. Um, But he battled back from that ACL tear, played late last season. Uh, He has good good in and out of of the top of the route. He has, you know, good quick stop and turn. Um, He does does seem to find the end zone a lot, uh, especially towards the end of that uh, national championship run last year. Um, and he, he's, he's able to rise up and make those, uh, aggressive catches. I think, you know, with Juju leaving the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're going to need a third receiver. Um, James Washington walked, Ray Ray McLeod walked. So they really didn't have anybody to fill in. Um, so I was happy with the Pickens pick, especially because dude was wearing a ski mask and was watching at home with his family. <laughs> yeah, that video and that was video hard. of him, <laughs> that was he's hard. NFL was young elite. boy. <laughs> it was elite. <laughs> He gave me Valit Carter vibes. Shout out to uh, Valit Carter H2P. Uh, but he he was looking absolutely goofy uh, in that video, and I didn't I could not have loved it more. Uh, he's got strong hands too, so when he when he gets the ball uh, in the air, he, he's gonna put them vice grips on that ball, and he is not uh, letting it get knocked out. Uh, and you know that also goes with his good focus for catching in a crowd. So I like Pickens uh, as a receiver. And I'm okay with him here at 12, uh, especially. No, he's got a good chance to to form some chemistry just as much, you know, as the receivers that are already in Pittsburgh have because they have two new quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, I like this pick. I like Pickens a lot. Um, He's someone that could have gone a lot higher this year had he not broken his ankle or no. uh, ACL. ACL, yeah. Yeah. he did come back towards the end of this year and it definitely wasn't the same player, but probably got rushed back so he could try and play in the national championship game, contribute to their playoff run. He He's a fantastic blocker on the outside, and I think that's something that's going to resonate really well with, with Mike Tomlin and get him on the field. It is interesting because Deontay and Chase Claypool aren't really prototypical uh, slot receivers. Uh, none of them have Neither of them have really played a lot of slot up to this point in their career, but obviously Juju was there, and that is his primary role. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Pittsburgh offense looks like. Uh, either way, Deontay Johnson, contract year. Maybe George Pickens is the replacement. I don't know, but either way, like the talent and uh, definitely like the landing spot. I trust the Steelers when they draft a receiver. Yeah, the Steelers, you know, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, both mid-round receivers, so they got they got a history there. Uh, I think Juju was too. Um, yeah, round two. But yeah, um, yeah. You know, you guys, you guys kind of said it all with Pickens. I, I nick the contract year thing for Deontay Johnson is an important thing to pick up. He could be, he could legitimately be the number one receiver in this offense next uh, next season. Um, the other thing I'll say with Pickens is he's a he's a very interesting case because he legitimately could have been wide receiver one in this draft had he been healthy throughout college. 
um, and might have been the favorite too after his freshman year. He had an outstanding freshman year at Georgia. So one of the things you know you talk about with receivers with or with you know with any college players in fantasy football, one of the important things the important things to look at is breakout age, which is a very very important indicator of success. So just a quick breakdown on that is breakout a- age is the age um, at which you uh, command out twenty percent. Yeah, what you break out, yeah. So it's measured statistically as like a 20% dominator rating, and the dominator rating is just a share, uh, the percentage of, of your team's touches that you get um, uh, or opportunities. Um, and so, like, for example, like with Christian Watson, that breakout age isn't there. Christian Watson, already a little bit older, was not an early declare. Uh, George Pickens is early declare guys, guys who declare for the draft before their senior year. Also, um, you know, some that often indicates success. Basically, the younger you are when you can start to, you know, command that kind of attention in drafts or attention in your offense um, against guys who are older than you, you know, playing with guys on your team that are older than you and against guys that are older than you have had more time to develop is often an indicator of success because if you're good at something when you're young, you're probably not really getting worse to it, uh, worse at it as you, you know, turn 20, 21, 22, etc., uh, I, I really like the Pickens pick here. Um, and he, you know, he's in just an interesting case, but I think he landed in a great situation. Um, Nick, back to you at 13. Just a quick recap here. So we just finished the first round, um, 12 man league standard kind of thing. So just to run through the first round, Brees Hall at one, uh, Drake London at two, Kenneth Walker at three. Traylon Burks at four, Garrett Wilson five, Chris Olave six, Jamison Williams seven, Sky Moore eight, Kenny Pickett nine, it is Superflex, uh, Jahan Dotson ten, Christian Watson eleven, and George Pickens twelve. And that feels like a strong group to me. Moving on to round two, Nick, the 201 is you. It's you. No, you were drafted at the 201. <laughs> Congrats, buddy. <laughs> Sorry to whoever drafted me. Um, this is where I'm going to get a little funky. I'm going to start shaking things up here. Uh, I'm not with the chalk. I'm going to go Rashad White. Um, look, I, I like the talent. I love the landing spot. Tom Brady's not going to be there forever, obviously. Uh, it's not Bruce Arians anymore. But Leonard Fournette's not going to be there forever either. Uh, I think he's on a one one year left on his contract right now? No, I think I think he signed an extension. I think he's got multiple left. Well, that's okay because but. Rashad White, I mean, uh, as far as pass catching goes, the man is smooth as can be. Uh, he's explosive after the catch. He's a very good pass blocker. We've seen these Tom Brady offenses essentially always feature one. Uh, we saw them go out and get Gio Bernard when Tom first got there. Or in his second year, I guess. Yeah, in his second year. Yeah, I guess technically. Did they have someone else there? No. Yeah. Uh, Gio obviously never really panned out. He wasn't on the field a lot. He was injured. Whatever. I mean, the man, he was an old man. He had, he He's had a, a geezer, role a little bit. Like, for he sure. He had a role. But. Um, I think most people would probably take Dalvin Cook's little brother here, uh, James. But personally, I'm going to go Rashad the, White. The and I'm, chef? Yeah, I'm, I'm not looking back. Uh, I feel all right about it. I um I will say I I love the pick here. Um also James Cook official official name should be the sous chef. He's the second lol cook. But anyway, <laughs> um <laughs> um 
I love I love Rashad White. He is incredibly explosive. Um, he, he, as you said, very good pass catcher, and I think that's going to be his main role in this offense right now. Um, with Leonard Fournette leading the backfield and obviously a win-now team that isn't really looking to rely on a rookie running back. But Rashad White, 6'3", just under two... Wait, no, that's not right. Is he 6'3"? No, that's that's not right. He's like 6'1". Um, <laughs> but 6'1"-ish and uh, just under 200 pounds, so a little bit skinny, but you know, could always put on weight at the NFL level. He has the makings of a feature back. Like, he could do it. I think. Um, (laughs) But Rashad White is a very talented pass catcher. And even if he just has that role in this offense, in an offense that might be down Gronkowski, that might be missing Chris Godwin to start the year. Yeah, Russell Gage is there, whatever. Um, I I love the pick here because I think Rashad White has has good potential to perform immediately and also in the long term. And I, I wouldn't undervalue, especially when you get to the second round, that ability uh, to immediately perform because, you know, the sooner your dynasty assets are valuable, the better it is. Um, you know, you move on with trades or whatever you want to do. Um, looking at the tape, so the two concerns with Rashad White, because we have to obviously have concerns with everyone here and we have sure. to ding, ding everyone a little bit. I've been saying too many nice things. The age, he's a little bit older. Um, I believe he's 23 already. Um, never like to see a little bit older age for a running back. Uh, and for me watching the tape, it was the ankle tackles. It was too many guys just, you know, getting him around the ankles and being able to bring him down, which is what keeps him, I think from being, you know, a first round pick in this class. Um, he, you know, you would like to see a little bit more, he's got good contact balance, like, but you would like to see a little bit more strength and, and not getting taken down by those little, little, those little ankle grabs. Anyway, that was a lot of me talking about Rashad White, but uh, love the pick there at the 201. Very high on Rashad White. Um, wow. The second round. The second round is really where things get interesting. Um, I'm going to take a guy who's fallen a little bit here and who has fallen below where his ADP is right now, which I don't love, but I'm going to take James Cook. Uh, James Cook, similar kind of you know profile to Rashad White. He's a pass-catching back. Um, a little bit smaller, younger brother of Dalvin Cook. Um, he, you know, he went to the he went to the Buffalo Bills, which is fantastic. And you know, people have pointed out that the Bills don't throw to their running backs that often. But one of the reasons for that could be that they did not have the talent there to really rely on that. Um, and I think James Cook is a very talented running back. He's a little bit undersized to be a true bell cow, but he's very explosive. He does a lot with the ball in his hands. Great pass catcher. Possibly the best cap pass catching running back in this draft, um, up there with White and uh, and Brees. Um, but you know, landing spots there. I think he has an opportunity to get you know more car- carries than than people would initially think uh, in this offense. Um, I, it, it almost seems like the way that people talk about James Cook is that you know he's going to have zero carries and like six targets per game. Or, or, you know, or eight, whatever. But I, you know, I think James Cook could command a solid 10 carries a game on this offense because I think that, uh, you know, I mean, and I think the Bills think that Devin Singletary and Zach Moss have just not been getting it done. They went out and pursued J.D. McKissick in free agency, also a pass catching back, and he was there and then he wasn't, and now they got the replacement in the draft in James Cook. And... I think he's being a little bit overdrafted right now. I think he's going around like 108 right now, and I would still take those other receivers before him. But 
solid pick. I feel great about it here at the 202. Yeah, I agree with you, Andrew, uh, especially for the value that you got him at since he's been going a little bit early, some of the other mock drafts. Um, he, his feet keep moving when he runs the ball. I mean, he hits contact, and, and the feet don't stop, which I love. Um, you know, you hear about, you know, running backs are taught that at an early age, and, and he certainly has has made an example uh, for young running backs uh, to watch and learn from um, because he really leans forwards and, and – and keeps those feet moving. He also like is very patient. He kind of reminds me a little bit like with the patience uh, of running the ball. It reminds me a little bit of Le'Veon Bell. Um, he kind of waits for the blocks to set up. He's not trying to hit the hole too quick. Um, obviously, Le'Veon Bell, much more talented, probably you know coming out of college and you know a lot a lot more uh, promise uh, for the future uh, compared to James Cook. Um, but you know like they like Andrew talked about pass catching. Uh, we know that the Bills love to throw the ball. They don't necessarily love to run the ball. Um, and for James Cook, I think that bodes well uh, in the Bills' offense. Yeah, uh, I like James Cook. He, he was definitely in consideration for my last pick here. Um, it's a personal bias, honestly, that had me taking Rashad White, but I still do like uh, James Cook quite a bit. Like Andrew said, they they try to go get J.D. McKissick. They want a pass-catching running back. They want to do something new, and there's a new offensive coordinator, so let's not act like it's going to be the same old Bills offense. All it does is take pressure off of Josh Allen if he has someone to check down to, and I think you hit the nail right on the head, Andrew. Um, Let's not act like Devin Singletary or Zach Moss have been overly impressive ever. I know Devin Singletary had a – pretty solid end to the year last year uh, so people were getting excited about him for this year personally never been a fan uh and i think james cook has all the opportunity in the world i definitely think he splits carries but uh i think he's got a really really good chance to be a big part of a explosive offense yeah we um we talked about the bills running back core uh maybe way back in our first episode but like very early on and um you know, we just basically said avoid all of it. And Singletary <laughs> did have good performances last year, but I think I think Zach Moss is a cut candidate this year. Yeah, I, I am not fully confident he'll be rostered on on the Bills. And I mean, if if he's not on the Bills, then with that level, like the Bills are the only upside to Zach Moss's you know <laughs> profile right now. You know? Facts. But um, yeah. So James Cook at the two hundred two. Pick 14 overall. Um, and the next pick is back to you, Brady. I was the first one out of this group to take a quarterback. I took the quarterback uh, in the first round at Kenny Pickett. And in the second round, uh, I'm again taking a quarterback. Give me Desmond Ritter or give me death. I wow. Wow. Sheesh. Hey. I think it's a little bit of a controversial pick. I think a lot of people like Malik Willis a little bit better than Ritter. Um, but I said it earlier, I've loved Ritter since last year. He had a huge jump in production from 2020 to 2021 made me love him even more. He has played in big games for his entire career, led that Cincinnati, uh, team to some bowl games. Uh, little known fact was, uh, recruited at Cincinnati by the current Cincinnati Bengals, uh, head coach, Zach Taylor. Uh, just something for you guys to chew on. Um, but I think he's just a leader of men. You know, he might have, you know, some, he might have some weaknesses or some, some, 
drawbacks here and there, but I think he's going to have time to develop that uh, behind Marcus Mariota. Um, he uses his eyes a lot to hold safeties. Um, he places the ball in there nice for receivers. People say they can't. he can't throw a receiver open. I don't necessarily agree with that. But I like my quarterbacks to be leaders. Um, Kenny, obviously a leader at Pitt, uh, led them to an ACC championship this year. Desmond, also a leader, played in a lot of big games against a lot of big opponents. Uh, I also think Ritter is extremely athletic. I mean, he showed that at the Combine, ran like a 4.57, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he has some quickness too, which I like. Uh, and I think Mariota can kind of help him learn how to use that quickness because Mariota is also that that quick type, uh, not necessarily the true pocket passer um, that a lot you think of with a lot of NFL quarterbacks. A leader of men, Brady Mellinger drafts Jesus Christ with the, <laughs> with the third pick in the second round. <laughs> Should I wish? That's good value. <laughs> um, I. I like the pick. I personally would have went Malik Willis here just because I like the upside. Uh, he, he's he got the intangibles, but I do like Desmond Ritter. Like you said, Brady, I, I mean, you were alluding to it the whole time. The dude's just a winner. He's won. Just a dog. Everywhere he's went, um, he is a leader. He's a commander of the offense. He's going to do the right things. He's going to miss a handful of throws outside the strike zone um, every single game, and that's just kind of how it is unless he figures that out. Um, sometimes way outside the strike zone but he's the third round pick you're taking a shot on a guy that could add immediate value in the most important position in super flex and if it pans out he's already got some great weapons in place with drake london and kyle pitts uh with a lot more room for patterson and cordero patterson yeah with a lot more room to add more uh i think it's a good shot i i like the pick and like you said Dude's got speed. Uh, when it comes to quarterbacks, them rushing yards are king. Yes, them rushing yards are juicy, uh, which I kind of alluded to with the with the whole forty time and and the scrambling uh, trait that he has. Uh, but this is fantasy football. Them rushing yards are worth more than passing yards. So if you can get a rusher at the quarterback position, uh, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and I think he potentially is going to be a little bit better rusher than Malik Willis. Also, kind of why I. I had him pretty even, but I, wow. I took Ritter a little bit over Willis. And yes, I said it. Wow. No, that's that's certainly a hot take. Um yeah, you know, I uh, Desmond Ritter is certainly not my favorite quarterback in this draft. When I was watching Alec Pierce highlights to get hyped up for the Colts pick and stuff, um just felt like he was open a lot and then would have to stop and come back to the ball, um, or make a spectacular catch when that wasn't really necessary. So the the accuracy is the biggest concern for me for Ritter. But as you guys acknowledge, the athleticism is there. I think he's got a chance to start some games this season. Um, you know, the Falcons are going to be a bad team. They're going to lose games. Uh, you know, Mariota will probably be fine. He'll probably be okay. Um, but, you know, why not let your, your rookie get out there and, and put in some work? I, I, yeah, uh, yeah, that's about everything I need to say there. Superflex League, quarterbacks are king. Yeah, just one more little throw in. Um, I, I do think he will get time because, like you said, the Falcons are going to be bad and are probably going to have a top draft pick and a draft that's supposed to have a lot of quarterbacks. They're going to want to know if they have anything with Desmond. Um, 
So I yeah. think at the very least, if the season's not going their way, even if Marcus Mariota isn't the glaring issue with the team at that point, I think they're going to try and see what they have with Desmond. So w- with a second-round shot pick, um, if you need a quarterback, you can definitely do a lot worse. You're going to know what you have probably by the end of the year. 100%. Um, and then, uh, Nick, back to you at the 204. Yeah, so here I am going to take Damian Pierce, uh, drafted to the wow. abysmal Houston Texans. Um, I like Pierce. Um, he he's definitely you, not. I could have sworn I heard you talking shit on Damian Pierce. I like him. Um, I think obviously it's a great landing spot if you want volume. Uh, it's a not not a great landing spot if you really want to punch in touchdowns, which to me is Damian Pierce's greatest strength. Um, He's definitely a little bigger back and adds some power to his running game. Uh, But I think he's definitely got an opportunity to get a lot of touches, be an early contributor and potentially carve out a role. I mean, he's in a backfield filled with just walking corpses. Was it Rex Burkhead and um, David David Johnson's still there? Yeah. He's got the opportunity. And for me, that's enough to take a, a, at least a, Decent sized cut. Take a swing on him here in the second round. Don't forget about Marlon Mack, former um, true, oh, true. Oh my, Indianapolis Colt. Yeah, you're right. Also, my down, bad. Down sure. in Houston, uh, could I'm serve sorry, could serve some problems uh, for the Indianapolis Colts in some revenge games. But I like the pick, Nick. I think you you said it best. Um, strong back. Uh, like the landing spot because Marlon Mack, I think, is a short term fix. Um, Pierce could end up, you know, taking a lot of touches down there. Uh, definitely a good value pick uh, at where you were. Yeah, Thanks. I'm just going to say I'm um, not really that concerned about Marlon Mack in those revenge games, but I, I appreciate the consideration <laughs> for sure. Um, it's because you're worried about General Mills. <laughs> no, I'm I'm worried about playing in Jacksonville, as I always am. Um, we just need – sorry, this is a tangent, but the Colts just need that Jacksonville game – every year to be overseas since the ja- the Jags are always playing overseas and they, they can't win in Jacksonville. Anyway, uh, I'll just say here, you know, Damian Pierce, very angry runner, very strong runner. He will either knock you over or bounce off you. Um, you know, uh, he shared a backfield at Florida. So the production isn't, you know, the production profile isn't quite complete on him. Um, but I, I think he's a talented runner. I think he's, I think he's a guy who um, could very well, you know, hang around in in the NFL for a while because he he runs angry um, and and you know he's he's fun to watch and the opportunity, yeah. So check check check, Damian Pierce, good pick. Uh, back up to me next, and Damian Pierce was a guy that I was thinking about going forward, and so you've made this pick very easy for me. And at the 105, it's going to be David Bell for me. Um, 205 or 105? 205. What did I say? 105? Yeah, at the 205, it's going to be David Bell for me. Um, David Bell killed his stock at the Combine. Like, he, David Bell, I think, was, uh, you know, um, probably going to be a a second-round pick until the Combine happened, and he was slow. Um, And, you know, we talk about Traylon Burks being the 4-5-5, and that wasn't that impressive. I think uh I think Bell was a four six five. I think he was he was around there. Um quicker than Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> um basically 
the pick here is, first of all, I'll just talk opportunity because I think it's obvious. I think it's glaring. Um, the uh, yeah, it was a four six five. Just verified. Um, you know the Browns receiving core right now is uh, Amari Cooper and question marks. Donovan People and Jones. their quarterback. Don't be hating. Trash. No, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'll I'll hate on that. Trash. Um, <laughs> the uh, the the quarterback of the Houston Texans is now Deshaun Watson. Um, terrible human, good football player. Um, he look it, David Bell. His production in college, athleticism aside, was awesome. Like he was great. He was legitimately great. Played at Purdue, and he produced. He just really, really good player. He's gotten comps to Devontae Adams that I've seen, um, just because of the kind of like size and route running ability. Devontae Adams also was second round. No, I think Devontae Adams was a late first round pick. Um, but uh, and actually, David Bell was a third pick, third round pick. So I, was, was I don't know what round. I'm talking about here. Devontae was second. Was he second round? round? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Packers haven't um, taken a first round receiver in forever. Yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, I look the opportunities there, and you know, combine results aside, I think David Bell has an opportunity to be a really solid NFL wide receiver. We've seen him produce before, and I think he can do it again. Personally, not a huge David Bell guy. Um, the opportunity is undeniable, like Andrew said. Obviously, someone needs to step up in this offense and be that second target for Deshaun Watson eventually uh, or potentially right away. Who the hell knows? Um, I don't know. His, his tape is very unex- uninspiring. I just It's it, it's lackluster to me. Uh, he's definitely a solid route runner. He's definitely got a little bit of size. And, yeah, you're right. He produced uh, for Purdue in the Big Ten against – good opponents and on a team with Rondale Moore up until last year so it's not like he was the only you know show in town but uh personally not huge on David Bell but I think you can do a lot worse at the 205. Thanks Nick for some throwing in some nice words there at the end um <laughs> Brady the pick uh, is to you at the 206. I mean I don't know what it is with you guys just hating on all positions, not running back and receiver. I mean, I know they're the primary positions in fantasy football. This was this was my other pick. If if you go where I'm thinking, I'm I mean, shit, the quarterback. Give me Malik Willis. I mean, I know I took Ritter oh, over. Never mind then. That was not my pick. <laughs> uh, my pick. Uh, no. Uh, my pick. Give me Malik Willis here, uh, especially if you're a team like my dynasty team who's looking for young quarterbacks because you got Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, and Carson Wentz. Uh, and maybe this mock draft is a reflection of my dire need for a young quarterback, and that's why I've taken three uh, so far uh, this mock draft. Um, but I think I've gotten them at good spots. I mean, Malik, a little bit smaller than Ritter, um, has certainly made some very NFL-like throws uh, throughout his uh, year last year. Um, some of the things that I saw that I didn't really love and the reason I kind of took Ritter over Malik Willis um, – He's got some happy feet in the pocket, um, and when he gets out of the pocket, he kind of drops his eyes and doesn't necessarily um, keep looking downfield to identify his receivers and the coverage. Um, And the accuracy, too, like when he is looking up, kind of plummets when he is scrambling. All things that I think he can work on um, during his development uh, in the NFL. Um, I think, obviously, like some of the strengths, like – Great arm strength. He can fit the ball in some some tight windows. Um, he's run some RPO-style uh, offense 
and that's going to come in come in handy, uh, especially in that Tennessee offense where I know they do a lot of running with Henry, but I think there are some RPO situations that they get into where Tannehill kind of hands off, um, but Malik Willis may be more willing to get the ball out and get it into a receiver's hands. Um, Willis has a lot of things to like, and, you know, I think – at this point in the draft, like you're kind of reaching on, you know, some maybes at running back and receiver. Um, and a lot of them are very similar. So if you're looking, you know, to make a difference on your team and you need a quarterback, uh, I think Ritter or Willis um, can fit you right here in the early second round. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a million things to love about Malik Willis, except for draft capital and yeah. the consistency. Uh, the consistency is definitely a worry. I mean, it seemed like last year he kind of took a step backwards, which was hard to see. Um, but, I mean, man, dude, he has all the tools in the world. Obviously, I think we've talked about it before. Josh Allen is the mega outlier at the quarterback position of a quarterback who's come in and had accuracy concerns and question marks uh, around the consistency and mechanics and has actually turned it around and become – easily one of the best quarterbacks in the league we'll see if Malik Willis could do it I mean Ryan Tannehill's challenging the man right off the bat he's gonna have weapons he's gonna have pressure taken off him with Derrick Henry standing behind him uh that's got to be a damn good feeling if you're a quarterback to turn around and see a six foot four 240 pound monster dog Dog. monster just oh man yeah Derrick Henry but yeah, I, I like the pick. I like Malik Willis. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether he can get on the field anytime soon, though. Yeah, so uh, obviously what you're taking with Malik Willis is the ceiling, and he has the highest fantasy football ceiling of any quarterback in this draft just with yeah. that rushing ability. Um, the accuracy, obviously a concern. Um, you know, not a necessarily – I don't – is Liberty considered a small school? Cause, yeah. But, you know, you're buying into that ceiling and – and I, I don't think he's going to get any immediate opportunity. You know, the Titans are a team that won their division last year that were in the AFC championship maybe two two years ago. They were – no. They they beat Tom Brady in the playoffs, which is insane. But, yeah. you know, they're, they're a team that's going to win now, and they're going to do that with Ryan Tannehill. So I don't see him getting any early opportunity. But, you know, Tannehill is kind of a, a lifelong, you know – I don't know, just want to call him mediocre. He had to deal with Adam Gase to start out his career, and then he's been he's been solid. Like he's been very solid for for the Titans when he's been there. Um, the fact that I still can't believe that Ryan Tannehill led them to the the number one seed in the AFC last year after without, without Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, yeah, that's and a multitude of other injuries. Yeah. it is it is insane. You got to clap it up for the man. Yeah, sorry, I think there's a marching band outside my window. Um, but um, <laughs> but um, you know, uh, I, Malik Tell Willis. Time to play something from a stranger. <laughs> Malik Willis, um, amazing ceiling fantasy football wise, and definitely an opportunity there. Ryan Tannehill's not the you know the youngest guy on the block, and if if you know they continue to be good or above average, but not win Super Bowls, might be time for Tannehill to leave town. Um, so, uh, you know, I think good value at at, uh, at uh, pick overall 18 at the uh, 206 here. Um, Nick, where are you going with 207? 
I'm going to go Alec Pierce. Uh, I think where you were hinting at before that last pick was Trey McBride, Andrew. And that, that is where I was hinting at. <laughs> I really like the pick here if that's where you're going to go. I personally um, am definitely a little higher on Alec Pierce than most, I think. I like the kid. He, he's got good speed, runs pretty solid routes. He's got decent size. Played at Cincinnati um, and didn't always play the best competition. I get that. But, I mean... No, no. Was a solid producer. No. And just, what just you said keep, before, Andrew, I mean. Just keep saying nice things about Alec Pierce. I'm, I'm all here for it. <laughs> I mean, what you said before about Desmond Ritter when you were watching Alec Pierce's uh, tape, Desmond Ritter, definitely an accurate quarterback. And Alec Pierce showed the ability to adjust and go get the ball. Um, I think he's going to fit in well to this offense. He's going to a Matt Ryan-led offense. Matt Ryan finally has an offensive line that might block for more than one second for him. Uh, and I think Alec Pierce is going to be the field stretcher for that team. Uh, I like I like the pick for the Colts, and I really, really like him here uh, for your fantasy purposes. I'll be honest. I um I I'm this is a tangent again, but like I'm really excited to see Matt Ryan behind that Colts O line because Matt Ryan was statistically very good at getting the ball out very quickly last year behind a bad Falcons offensive line, and to just see him behind you know a team that's going to give him some time, I'm very excited to see it. You know, Alec Pierce, good for him too because he's a deep threat. You know, let him run deep, give you know give your quarterback some time to throw, and let Matt Ryan work. Um, it's a great situation for a rookie. I think uh, he's as long as as long as he shows up and does what they you know drafted him to do. He's the wide receiver too from day one, um, and you know uh, apparently we're calling them the uh, the twin towers now. I believe and Michael Pittman and, and Alec Pierce is two. I love that very large receivers. Um, but Alec Pierce, look, another guy kind of like Christian Watson. The athleticism is off the charts. Um, doesn't have the the benefit of the early declare status. Um, but I look, he's, he's insanely athletic. He's got a great quarterback to start out. Um, I, I like the pick here. He was drafted in the second round to be the number two guy in his offense. And, and, uh, I really like the pick. Okay. Back to me with the two Oh eight and I'm taking Trey McBride. And this is a, a fairly easy pick. One of the easier picks I've had in this draft. Um, Trey McBride consensus tight end one in this draft. Uh, just a lot of production last year, except in the touchdown run. I believe he had one touchdown catch last season, which is mildly concerning, but not necessarily. It was a bad offense. It was, yeah, he you know he wasn't on a great team. Um, but also, you know, touchdowns are a stat that tends to be you know fluctuate a lot um, for pass catchers. But um, Trey McBride, good overall production coming out of college. Uh, he's athletic, good hands. He can run routes. Um, just a solid tight end. Uh, he went to the Cardinals, which is a, a good landing spot. Um, you know, he might play behind Zach Ertz for a year, but it always takes time for tight ends to develop. Tight ends are rarely year one contributors. You know, if they are, they are picked in the first four picks of the NFL draft. Um, but, uh, I think, you know, I think Trey McBride has, has a bright future on an offense with what should be a locked in quarterback. If Kyler Murray ever comes back to sign an extension with the team and um you know his position will will be open eventually Zach Ertz isn't going to stick around forever and and you know Kyler Murray showed last year he was willing to use Zach Ertz when he had him uh so Trey McBride top top at his position off the board here at the 208 I like Trey McBride um he 
I feel like the reason he only had one touchdown this past year in college, obviously bad offense, and then also he he's not gonna, he's not the type of player that's going to do a lot after the catch. Uh, he's a possession style tight end. Um, he's a very good run blocker, which will help get him on the field. Uh, not a fantastic pass blocker, but can definitely has the size to be able to do it. Um, but I mean, his his route running is really where he wins. He's a fantastic route runner. He's handles the ball well through contact. Um, if you throw it in his direction, he's going to catch it. I like the pick. Definitely the consensus tight end one, and uh, think he'll be a very solid player for the Cardinals in a year or two. Yeah, got big, strong hands. Uh, great after the catch uh, for a tight end. Um, great, great uh, pick by the Cardinals here in the second round. Uh, pretty much echo everything that's been said. All right, and then um, that was a little bit of the opposite of what I said. But it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, and then uh, back to you, Brady, uh, with the two and nine. Or is that right? Yeah, that's right. Two and nine. You know, this is where things get very interesting because it's like you're basically choosing between like receivers that you like uh, that kind of fell to those later rounds. Or some running backs that you like. Uh, for me, uh, I think at this point in the mock, kind of between two players here. But I'd have to go with John Mechie. Um, I know he had that ACL uh, injury, um, and it was only in December. But I think that's kind of the reason that you're taking him here is because, like, you're not counting on him to, like, play right away. I mean, I know he's in Houston where there's not a lot of depth at receiver. Um, so, you know, if he was completely healthy, he might have a chance to see the field more. Um, but I like Dougie Davis Mills at quarterback. Uh, and I think, uh, after Mechie fully recovers from the ACL, um, he's going to be a weapon, uh, for Dougie Davis Mills to get the ball to, because there's certainly a lack of them right now in Houston. I'll be honest. Um, I think this is great value on Mechie. Um, Mm -hmm. but a lot, a lot of places have him as like a, very early second round pick and I just don't get that uh I think obviously there's a lot of question marks with the torn ACL with a lack of fantastic production um he was at Alabama a lot of amazing receivers have come through there so maybe he hasn't always had the opportunity but I think there's definitely a lot of question marks with his profile um there's also Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks there. Brandon Cooks, I think, only has one more year on his deal, maybe. But either no, way... He, I think um, he signed an extension. Like he's got oh, you're more. right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think there's actually a little more competition for targets than most people think here. I think Nico Collins maybe not as bad as he seemed his, his first year. He battled some injuries as well. Um, but I like John Mechie and the value you got here. Uh, definitely worth a shot. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Nick, and that's what I was going to say there is, is the value of this pick. Um, you know, Nico Collins, very unproven. Brandon Cooks, the clear number one receiver on this team. I love Brandon Cooks. Go trade for Brandon Cooks. But, you know, I will say I think he's got an established role in this offense from day one. John Mechie does because, you know, Brandon Cooks, um, a clear number one there. But then Nico Collins, outside receiver, he's six foot four. He's an outside receiver. John Mechie can fit into that slot role, which, you know, has a little bit less value in fantasy football is, you know, they tend, they, they rely on high targets that way. Like Cooper cup last year, Cooper cup, also a slot receiver, yep. but you need to be heavily targeted there. Cause you're not going to get as many, uh, 
you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna average as many yards per route run um, as the outside guys. Um, but yeah, I think great value here. He has you know a solid production profile. I think um, the reason that I haven't taken um, John Mechie with with any of my picks is I think he's got a relatively low ceiling. Like I think he can be a very solid PPR guy. Um, and you know, in the second round of, of a rookie draft, I'm kind of shooting for ceiling. Like I want, I, you know, a lot of the picks won't pan out anyway. So I want someone that could absolutely blow up. And I just don't see that being John Mechie. Agreed. But at, at the same time, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you want to be safe with some of your rookie draft picks. And this feels like a very safe pick for a guy that, that I think will be a solid contributor and, um, you know, may never advance above the level of spot starter in in fantasy football but that's a better guy to have than someone who will be cut from your roster in two years uh definitely yeah so i i know i'm the next pick up here uh and what i'm gonna do is go with isaiah spiller running back los angeles chargers um nice Isaiah Spiller was a guy that was pretty unanimously in the top three conversation uh, going into the combine, and even so going into the draft. Obviously, he fell quite a bit in the actual NFL draft, and that's why he's getting drafted here this late. Uh, But I really like the opportunity he has. I feel like the Chargers have been dying to find another reliable running back to go behind Austin Eckler uh, since Melvin Gordon left two years ago and they have had zero luck Larry Roundtree wasn't it uh, Josh Kelly wasn't it nope Jackson he was okay kind, he, kinda, he was okay he was vet, you know? had a lot of trouble staying healthy as well mm-hmm. um, I think Isaiah Spiller is going to have a real chance to get some goal line work be a really really nice change of pace back uh when it comes to what austin eckler does yeah, great compliment and yeah he's very very young too i mean other than Brees hall i think he's the second youngest running back in this draft he's he's got time to to develop and really could become something so isaiah spiller los angela charges uh yeah that's my pick yeah uh, another great value pick and um to to what Brady was saying earlier, I've been dying to make this make this comp since uh, since he brought up Le'Veon Bell. Um, but Isaiah Spiller watching his tape reminds me of watching um, reminds me of watching Le'Veon Bell run. Isaiah Spiller is a very patient back, and you know you see in college he's he, he kind of had that same thing as Le'Veon Bell, where he would get the ball and kind of wait for a second behind the line to let his blocks develop. And then go from there. Um, nice to see that the uh, Chargers have an improving offensive line. They've made uh, a lot of improvements there to protect Justin Herbert, which is great. And Nick, as you said, a, a sort of change of pace, a compliment back to Austin Eckler. I I love it. And you know, Austin Eckler, an outstanding like player, a stud, but has also dealt with some injuries of his own. And you know, if something happens there, it seems to me that I, Isaiah Spiller's the next man up in an offense run by Justin Herbert, and that's good stuff. That's what you want. So, um, <laughs> so uh, we we lost Brady. Brady had to had to exit this early, but uh, Nick and I are going to finish out this this mock draft. Um, I guess it's to me now at the two eleven, getting very close to the end here. I'm going to take Wondell Robinson here. Um, Wondell Robinson is... 
I, I don't know. To me, I was confused by the Giants draft pick. The Giants drafted him in the second round, I believe. That's correct. And yes. from, like, he seems like Kadarius Tony 2.0 or 1.5 or maybe 0.5. I don't know. I don't know if he's better than Kadarius Tony. They drafted him lower. I don't think he is. But a very similar type of player. Very, very small. Very small gadget player. But insanely fast. Insanely athletic. Insanely explosive. And, uh... The production doesn't lie. Like he, you know, he played at Kentucky, which isn't the biggest, you know, school in the world, but still in the SEC. But he was a monster. Like he, he did, he did very, very well where he was playing. Um, and I, you know, I slightly better offensive line, maybe slightly better Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, um, Darius Slayton. Uh, Kenny Galladay, just guys who are kind of besides Kenny Galladay, I won't put him in the same group there, but Shepard and, and Slayton, I think, kind of on their way out there. Um, and then it's Tony Robinson and uh and, and Galladay. And I think I think Robinson has a chance to produce in that offense. I'll take the draft capital here. I'll take the college production at the two eleven and uh, I'll take Wandell Robinson. Yeah, I think the value's good. I think it makes a lot of sense. I I really struggle to see how he's going to return value. To be honest, for my rookie I'm not pick a or huge for the believer. Giants' second round draft pick, both. Um, I think he, this is where he deserves to go. I mean, you're following the draft capital. This guy got drafted in the second round for whatever reason. This team likes him. They went and got him. It's a new regime. We've already heard rumors uh, about Kadarius Tony maybe kind of being on the outs as far as the coaching staff goes right off the bat yeah by missing practice and you know maybe they were shopping him around a little bit who actually knows what was going on but Wandell Robinson like you said Andrew super quick super twitchy um, yak yak guy uh, think he could be a good NFL wide receiver it's just it, a lot of things need to break his way right now I think yeah, that's fair. And, you know, to 11, you're, you're assuming a, a fair amount of risk. Um, but, Nick, finish for sure. Finish off our second round for us. You just talked about um, – you just talked about uh, – what was I going to say? What did you just talk about? Oh. <laughs> There's something that Sorry, was, we've been bozing. <laughs> yeah, we have <laughs> um, All right, so I'm going to take Brady's last pick here. Um, he had to – take off to handle some business but brady's gonna take jalen tolbert uh wide receiver dallas cowboys so how you say that i don't know i just it sounds fancy like and that's Steve, how i like, like to Steve say it colbert, no disrespect jalen to him colbert. or his family no disrespect to him or his family but uh tolbert just feels like a fun way of pronouncing that mm-hmm. last name uh but i like him a lot he he landed the dallas cowboys who just lost Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson. Yeah, you might be thinking, haha, Cedric Wilson, who cares? But Dak Prescott spreads the ball out. He supported he essentially a tight end and three wide receivers at times last year. He he's going to get everybody involved. Um, and they run a lot of wide three wide receiver sets. I think there's an opportunity for him. Uh I think this is a fantastic offense to land into, and he might even get a shot pretty early to be getting some chemistry we'll call it with uh Dak Prescott off the grip if Michael Gallup has to miss time with his torn ACL Nick I'm gonna say just smash pick here absolutely love it Jalen Tolbert obviously great offense great quarterback 
and then yeah, with with you know Amari Cooper gone, with Michael Gallup probably missing the start of the season, I I think I think Michael Gallup might miss like he could miss like four to six weeks. I'm obviously no medical professional, but that was a late season ACL tear. Um, yeah, I, I could very realistically see that happening. And if that's the case, you know, um, what's his face is gone. Um, who was Cedric Wilson? Cedric Wilson, yeah, Cedric Wilson. Sorry, Cedric Wilson. Um, but Cedric Wilson is gone, and you know, beyond that, Noah Brown. Uh, like, I don't know about that. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, yeah. Jalen Tolbert has a real opportunity to step up in this offense. Jalen Tolbert is uh, lightning fast, um, sort of tall and skinny as anything. Um, but uh, you know, college production is there. Um, he's got he's got good athletic testing numbers, and uh, uh, I I love the Jalen Tolbert pick here. Great offense, good landing spot. Okay, so that's going to do it for our mock drafts. We went through two rounds. Just to recap the second round for you real quick, Rashad White uh, off the board, then James Cook, Desmond Ritter, Damian Pierce, David Bell, Malik Willis, Alec Pierce, Trey McBride, John Mechie, three. Isaiah Sp- John Mechie, the third. Isaiah Spiller. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, Wandale Robinson and Jalen Tolbert, Tolbert to finish it out. Um Let's Obey. let's just bring up a couple other names. I know this has been a another long recording. That's apparently our off season thing is just long recordings. Um but you know, let's talk about some some extra players. Um Nick, do you want to take the lead on Tyler Algier? Yeah, yeah, I'll sub in for Tyler. Uh he went to the Atlanta Falcons at the fifth round. Um so obviously not a lot of draft capital invested. Um, not somebody you should expect to produce or produce right away. But definitely comes to a place where he's going to get a lot of opportunity. This is a backfield that just told Mike Davis to fuck off. Um, that re-signed Cordero Patterson and then subsequently said that they're going to try and get him more involved as a pass catcher this year, um, which he was already involved quite a bit yeah, last great year. great call by the Falcons. So, I, I mean... It, it seems like he has a real, real opportunity here. I mean, other than that, it's Quadriolson, and I don't even know. So, or uh, it's Damian Williams. Yeah, or, it is. Yeah, no, Daryl. Yeah, Damian, it's Damian yeah, Williams. Damian yeah. Williams, yeah. Who has been really fine in fill-in situations for his entire career. Um, if he can beat him out, he, he might be a smash home run sleeper MVP, pick. But. <laughs> but that's besides the point. But fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's a real opportunity for Tyler Algier, um, and you're really not going to have to spend a lot to go get him. No. If you're taking him in the second round, I'm questioning you, but, I mean, the third round, you're just going to get your yeah. guys. Dart throws, smash Tyler Algier. I love that in the third round. Um, another guy I like in the third round, Khalil Shakir, um, drafted to the Buffalo Bills. He's a slot guy. He's tiny. But um, he was a good player in college. And, you know, that slot role was kind of open for the Bills. Cole Beasley's gone. Isaiah McKenzie is there, but he's also 27. And, you know, if he was going to be used more in the offense, he might have been used more in the offense already. So big opportunity there for Khalil Shakir, who I think is very talented. Um, Tyler Beatty, running back uh, for the the Ravens, uh, drafted of the Ravens. Um, I I think there's some opportunity there with – you know, I, long injury recoveries, it seems like, for both J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. 
Yeah, they're they're both still questionable, and it, it just came out that J.K. Dobbins is not likely, but uh, seems like a fifty-fifty shot to start the year on the pup list. Um, that's training camp, obviously, and hopefully he's back by the beginning of the year. But uh, let's not act like ACL is not a serious injury. So even if he is back by the beginning of the year, you can expect his snap count to be limited, especially if Gus Edwards snap counts limited. I think that's why they went and got Mike Davis. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mike Davis wasn't great last year. So no. there is definitely an opportunity to step in and get some touches right away. Yeah. Um, uh, staying on running backs, the Patriots drafted two of them, uh, Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. Very different backs. Um Kevin Harris is a larger back. He's about six foot and like 220 pounds. But with that size comes a pretty strong uh, pass catching profile, which is impressive and exactly what you want to see. You want to see a guy, you know, the upside there is, you know, you have a guy who's big enough to handle the workload of an an NFL running back while also being able to catch passes. Um, And obviously the Patriots backfield is just a mire. Um, It's like... You know, you have Damian Harris as your primary runner, but Ramondre Stevenson might take more work, and James White is your pass catching back. It's it's an interesting situation, but Damian Harris in a contract year very important. Um, and in yep. that case, we'll open up some touches in the backfield. And you know, Ramondre Stevenson wasn't a first round pick; he was higher drafted than both of these guys. But you know, who's to say they couldn't beat him out? Um, and I'll just say on on Pierre Strong real quick. Um, profiles like Elijah Mitchell uh, and comparisons have been made there. He ran the fastest 40 time of any running back in this draft class. He was at 437 at the combine. Um, so an opportunity for, you know, speaking of change of pace, Damian Harris, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, and now Kevin Harris, um, sort of larger bruiser kind of running backs. And Elijah, uh, sorry, not Elijah Mitchell, Pierre Strong could bring a, a different speed element to, to that running back room. Yeah, I think you just about covered it. Uh, Damian Harris likely to be the RB1 on that team this year. I would be shocked if he wasn't. But it is a contract year, and with the insane depth that they have at the position, I don't see him re-signing a deal there or getting re-signed for probably what he deserves. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's not a contributor right away. Maybe he is. Either way, there's going to be more opportunity in the future. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say that a lot of these guys are, for the most part, taxi squad players. Um, For sure. They're stashes. Yeah, real quick, uh, I'll bring up Jelani Woods, uh, tight end, went to the Indianapolis Colts. I know Andrew's going to want to talk about this one. He's um, literally one of the most obscene athletic testers at the tight end position in the combine uh, in history. (laughs) Like, he's a beast. Like, literally might have tested better than Vernon Davis at the combine which is a pretty insane thing to say uh that being said hasn't really produced in college uh definitely does not have the production you want to see but there's definitely some raw athleticism there and if he's moldable and coachable then he could have a real opportunity to turn into a very very good tight end in a couple years yeah so this is this is honestly the player that I've been most excited to talk about um today, you know, despite the fact that we went through two rounds of of very interesting uh of players here but um I want to shout out um Kent Lee Platt on twitter uh at mathbomb <laughs> um for a very a very interesting uh twitter thread that was posted um 
so the, the Twitter thread is basically explaining um, tight ends and the the relation in successful fantasy tight ends to uh, relative athletic score. Now, um, Kenley Platt is also, according to his Twitter bio at least, I have not verified this, but the creator of the relative athletic score, which is um, largely, in, in very basic terms, just a summation of the player's athletic traits that they show. And what it shows at the tight end position in particular, and this is very important because great tight ends in fantasy football are very hard to come by, very difficult to come by, and will make a difference for your team. Um, but basically showed that athleticism at the tight end position is, while not necessarily a guarantee of success, there aren't successful tight ends. For the most part, there aren't successful tight ends without athleticism. The only player who posted... or. But below his, so the relative athletic score is measured on a, a scale of one to ten, and the only player who ever really had fantasy relevance that was measured by that by that scale was Jordan Reed, the only player. So the 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 only player under his, sorry, wait, I'm doing a really bad job of explaining this. At the threshold of five out of ten, the only player below that that have any fantasy <laughs> success was Jordan Reed. The point being there that athleticism matters for the tight end position. And goddamn, does Jelani Woods have an in spades. Jelani Woods posted a perfect 10, perfect 10 on the relative athletic score testing scale. Um, and I think is a guy that, you know, might be drafted in the fourth or the fifth round of your rookie drafts, but is someone to go out and get. When you're taking dart throws in those late rounds, that is one one player I would throw a dart at, you know, Um Definitely, Nick, as you acknowledge, not the greatest production profile, but um, a player that I, I think has those, you know, those raw athletic traits and a team that very obviously wanted him, drafted him in the third round uh, with, you know, something of a void at tight end. They haven't wanted to use Moali Cox um, and a quarterback that likes to throw to tight ends. And, you know, you still have to give them time to develop because tight ends typically take a few years to start producing in the league, but... Jelani Woods, I think, is one of the best late-round picks and just player stashes of this draft. Very excited. And not just because he's on the Colts. It's not just a homer pick. But I, I It is a little bit, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely not going that far. But I do like Jelani Woods. There is opportunity there. Like you said, for some reason, the Colts have not seemed to want to use Mo Alley-Cox, even when Jack Doyle was like physically breaking down just, in front of us old. on national television. <laughs> just so old. Um, <laughs> yeah. But there's definitely some, some opportunity there. Uh, I think it's a good pick if you need a tight end and are willing to wait on one. Um, but I'm not going to go ahead and say I, he's I will. I'll, I'll, blame, I'll play my flag here. I think he's an, a fantastic stash in this year's draft um, in those late rounds. Or, you know, if you're one of those leagues that has like a three-round rookie draft, you can pro- you probably don't even have to draft him. You can probably pick him up after the draft. Um, is it is this what you're hitching your wagon to in this draft? Or are we, are we going to do this is, yeah. extraordinary picks here? Yeah, this is, my, this is my extraordinary pick. This is my late-round guy, Jelani Woods, hitching my wagon. Okay. All right. Um, well, I guess I guess we're just going to do this then. Brady's fucked because he's not going to get to pick one, so he's automatically wrong. Make sure <laughs> to tell him that. Yeah, big L for Brady there. Uh, mine's going to be Keontae Ingram. Running back out of Arizona USC. Cardinals. 
running back out of USC slash Texas. Um, honestly, the only reason he was a day three draft pick is because he suffered from the disease of not being Bijan Robinson. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a tough one to come back. It's from. insane. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, he he was a very solid producer his first two years at Texas. His junior year, Bajan Robinson comes on campus and, um, sorry, took essentially all the work away from him. Yeah. He decided to opt out partial way through the year once he started losing essentially all of his touches and then transferred to USC where he again had a, a fine year. Um, but he he's, he's a good prospect. He's definitely at least a pass catcher. Um, Definitely has the one cut and go type of mentality, mm-hmm. and James Connor is really the only back of matter in Arizona. Eno Benjamin's there, but I can't I mean, if you can't over, beat out Eno Benjamin all day, all day, every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, I, there is opportunity there. We've seen the Cardinals use m- multiple backs um, in the past, even as far as last year, and. Let's face it, James Conner literally has not had a single fully healthy season in the NFL to date, so he he's going to be involved. If he remains the number two running back on this roster, there is no way he doesn't at least have a couple games where he gets ten touches. I love it. I love the pick. Um, I like I like Keontae Ingram. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how our our wagons fare in this this horse race coming up. Um, I like it. But we both we're both better than Brady right now, so that's at least there's at least that. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Anything's better than zero. Um, it's going to be hard to compare because yours is definitely more of a long play, where mine's more short term. I mean, mm-hmm. the the awesome thing about Keontae Ingram is he's one of those guys you can draft him in your third round, fourth round, even yeah, potentially yeah. And if James Conner goes down for even four weeks, I, what could you have sold Khalil, Khalil Herbert for last year? I mean, like th- this is Stop someone it. that can return immediate value and potentially get you a second round pick. And in a 2023 class that's supposed to be loaded, that's valuable. I mean, that is a huge upgrade. Mm-hmm. I love, love Keontae Ingram here. Yeah. Bijan Robinson too, just because you brought up that name, another guy we'll be talking about later this later this year. We're gonna we're gonna cover the the upcoming rookies for next year's class because it's never too early to start looking forward. Um, but I I like the the Keontae Ingram late round pick, and then one more to acknowledge uh, is Justin Ross. Justin Ross, wide receiver out of Clemson, was fantastic with Trevor Lawrence. Um, suffered a very serious spinal injury um, and went undrafted. Like was a guy that. You know, had he remained healthy, probably would have been in, like, I think almost undeniably in the first three rounds would have gone. Um, But Justin Ross went undrafted, but is now signed with the Kansas City Chiefs as an undrafted free agent, which, as we talked about, you know, with Sky Moore, is one of the more, like, interesting places that that a rookie could land. Um, So I personally am... I wouldn't be drafting him in the top three rounds of of a rookie mock draft, but when you get to the fourth, you know, if you get to the fifth, especially, Justin Ross is is a guy to keep an eye on. Um, he had the college production. He's definitely a good football player, and you know, it hurts to see that he didn't get drafted. That lack of any draft capital is absolutely brutal, but the Chiefs are willing to take a shot on him. If he makes that roster, if he's able to get into some games, 
could be productive. For sure. Um, but for the most part, I think that's that's gonna do it for us in this episode. Only two plus hours in. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> we uh, should we just keep talking, Andrew? Just me and you drinking. Yeah, talking about it. Let's keep let's it up. Just keep going. Let's bro. keep it up all night. We'll just um, we'll just have a time, you know. Um, we're gonna start live streaming on Twitch or something. Just see who. who yeah, I'll, in. I'll go get the tequila. We'll keep going. Let's do this. <laughs> um, until midnight, which is when the new Kendrick album drops, and then we'll um, we'll, maybe we'll live stream our, our listen to that. Probably not though. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so that's our our two round rookie mock draft, our recap on the news, our throw in of some additional names, um, the exclusion of Brady from clout. Exactly that. Um, if you've made it this far, congratulations and thank you. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back. You know, relatively soon. Who knows what we're gonna talk next? I don't even know what the next topic up is. Eventually, we're gonna you know cover upcoming rookies. But we'll also talk, you know, values of players and who you should be trading for and who you should be trading away. Everything that matters because Dynasty is Dynasty Fantasy Football is a year-round game, absolutely. But for now, I think that's going to do it for us. Nick, you got anything to sign off with? Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings to all. And to all a good night.